0: Uh, the parsha, the parsha is Pekude. Pekude is the last parsha in the book of Shemot. The last parsha of the book of Shemot. And we know that the parshas Yakel Yaakov Pekude are a repetition of Teruma and titzave, except that the, well not except, but the parsha of Pekude, our parsha, ends with Moshe Abeinu actually putting the Mishkan together. And then in terms of the order of things in the Torah, uh, there's an issue about the day that Moshe Rabbeinu put the uh, Mishkan together, because the description that's given in the parish of Shmini, Shmini, Vayikra Tzav, Tzav Tzav, Shmini, Shmini, in the parish of Shmini, also discusses putting the, uh, the Mishkan together. But in the Parash of there are, there were Yimei milu Im. There were Yimei Milu'im. There were eight days that preceded, it was kind of a process that Moshe Rabbeinu underwent. I'm, I'm just uh, mentioning this because there's a, uh, uh, a serious issue that the Miforashim deal with uh, about why it is that the lu in are missing in the parisha of Pekudei. And all that we have in the parish of Kakude is that Moshe Rabbeinu set up the Mishkan. But the idea that for eight days he put it up and he took it down and he put it up and he took it down I and mean, if you remember you all learn this sometimes in your life. So he says up and down and up and down that story is missing in the parish of Kukuden, but does come up again in the parish of Shmini. So perhaps we'll talk about this issue when we get to, uh, to Shmini. But besides this big issue, which we're not going to talk about today, but we're going to read the very same Sukkim. And curiously enough, we're going to find a small issue to talk about. Maybe not so small. But we'll have to find it. So I want to look at the Pesukim that are on the sheet. And it says, on the sheet, This is kind of a a heading. Right? Of course you know is the month of Nisan. Right? The month of Nisan. Now we remember that Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai and immediately told everybody that that stopped making the Mishkan. When did Moshe Rabbeinu come down from Har Sinai? It was the last time. The last time that Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai was on Yom HaKippurim. Yom HaKippurim is the tenth day of Tishon. used to be. Still is. Tenth day of Tishon. So how long did it take to build the Mishkan? From the 10th day of Tishrei until the first day of Nisan, right? So if it wasn't an Ibar you know if it wasn't a leap year like this year, it took about what? Yeah, 6 or 7 months to build the Mishkan and the dedication of the Mishkan according to this Pasuk was on the first day of Nisan who come at right? ha and what we're missing is the story of the milu'im of the days that Moshe Rabbeinu put it up and took it down and put it up and took it down which according to the way we understand it according to the way we understand it took place before the first day of Nisan took place before the first day of Nisan My daughter, otherwise I would not have. Okay. So, Vahibe Chodesh Reishab, we we'll look at the Possum. Vahibe Chodesh Reishab, we'll shanash, shanit, bechada, chodesh, mishkan. So, we see that hidden in those words, chama mishkan, the mishkan was built, was put up, are sort of hidden things that have to be ironed out. Right? But we'll do that maybe when we learn the parish of Shemini. Vahiakim Mosheita Mishkan. So you know that that the Mishkan was like Lego. We talked about that last week. That it was not But there were these kind, these Adanin. Adanin were like weighted uh, uh, blocks of wood into which they put the Amudim on which they eventually hung the Yeriot. Yeriot are the the curtains, right? So here we have a description. So this is what Moshe Rabbeinu did. He took all the pieces and he started putting them together. Pasuk So there's a like a covering. There's like a, a roof. All of this is curtains of one kind or another, right? There are curtains that are made out of, out of material, and there are curtains that are made out of animal hides, right? All of this is happening, and this, this uh, level of putting the mishkan together ends with the words, ends with the words, K'asher Tziva Hashem Et Moshe, whatever that means. Right? You know, whatever the Torah says, K'asher Tziva Hashem Et Moshe, or K'asher Tziva Hashem Et Aharon, so the, 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 the Chazal always asked the question, and what would we have thought? Like, why does the Torah have to say that? But you'll see that in this parashah there's an unreasonable emphasis on this particular phrase. Let's look on. Eidut, right? Luchot. Luchot Eidut. Why they're called Eidut? Eidut means witness. Right? But uh, there's a reason. It's not our issue at the moment. Uh, El Ha'aron. El Ha'aron. They put the Luchot in the Aaron. How did they put the Luchot in the Aaron? Which side opened up? The top. Yes sir. The top. They put it in the top and then when it was covered, that was... it was closed. There was no door that opened and closed all the time. V'yitene ta'idut al-haron padim al-haron Padim was the, the sticks, the staffs that you used to carry the aron which were always there. They didn't... Uh, that, that, they always remained with the aron. V'yitene ta'kha'poret al-haron Kaporet is the name of the covering. The, it was a box, right? And you put in the edut and then you put on the cover. That was the vayave et aron mishkan, and Moshe Rabbeinu brought the aron into the mishkan. Ve'asemet ha'parochet ha'masach. Parochet is a kind of curtain. Masach is the word that indicates a dividing. It divides between one place and the other. Vayasech al aron ha'idut kasher tiva Hashem et Moshe vayasech nesech to anoint as, and then the pasuk ends. K'asher tziva Hashem et Moshe. So the first time the Pesach said it was when we talked about building the frame. The second time the Torah says it is about the Aron Kodesh, which was a special, a special topic. Pasuk Chavbet, Vaytena t'Shulchan ba'ol mo'ed al Yerech HaMishkan, Yerech, Yerech, the corner of the Mishkan, Tzafon HaMichutz LaParochet. So then we have the Shulchan. Now we have the Shulchan Right first we had the aron. Now we have the Shulchan And what does the Torah say again? Kasher tziva Hashem et Moshe A little um, It's getting a little bit annoying Right? They could have somehow done it more efficiently But the Torah keeps saying Hashem et Moshe Now we're up to the menorah He placed it Ba'ol mo'e nocha chashulchan al yerach mishkan negba negba. What does the word negba mean? South, right? The southerly. Negev is south. Negba to the south. Bayal ha ne'erot l'fnei bayal ha ne'erot l'fnei Hashem. And then the, I don't even know where they were lit. Immediately, that's that's also a question because they were lit ultimately by Aharon. Right, Aaron was the lighter, and still Moshe Rabbeinu here seems to be functioning as the Kohen Gadol, or as Moshe Rabbeinu. But you know that Moshe Rabbeinu at this time wore several hats. He was the Melech, he was the Kohen, and he was the Nazim Right, he was everything. And soon he was going to give up his position as the Kohen, in favor of Aaron the Kohen. But that's all described very clearly again in the parasha of Shemini. Now, he's putting it together. He's putting the Mishkan together for the first time, so he's, servicing, he's serving as the Kohen, as the Navi, as the He's all of those things. Because uh, even though later on the Leviyin will be able to take it apart and put it together again, but the first time, only Moshe Rabbeinu could do it. Only Moshe Rebbe could put the Mishka together. But again, that's not really our topic, but here is our topic. Kasher Tziva, Hashem et Moshe. The end of... V'yala nero Hashem v'asuk kafei. Kaasher Tziva, Hashem et Moshe. I hope this is not getting boring, but there's a little bit more that we have to learn. Vayasem et Mizbach ha-zahav v'omu'ei l'fnei ha Mizbach The altar made of gold. This was the small... Mizbeach, the small altar that was that the incense was burnt on, right? Not where they brought note, that was the big Mizbeach, that was outside and here again, Kasher Tziva Hashem et Moshe Vayasen et Bo Kitoret Samim Kitoret Samim The incense uh, which is made up of, I mean, those of you who have the energy to say Pito Ma uh every morning uh, uh, no, exactly what went into the ketoret, a lot of samim. And the samim and the samim were together and they made a nice smell. And it was all done on that mizbeach. It was all done on that mizbeach. It was called the mizbeach haza'ach. You see that? Kasher, Siva, Hashem, et So we had, we had that the Pilza Mishkan, the Aron, the Shulchan, the Menorah, the Misbayah, and then Bayasavit Ba petach Petachla Mishkan, Bat Misbacha Allah, Sum Petach Mishkan, all the way by Al Allah Beta Allah Beta Minha, Kashetsi Baasheb Mushel, and then there was the big misbeyach, the one that the Allah, right? The Allah which is also every day, there was a Korban given called Tamid, twice a day, which was not olah. Olah means it's burnt entirely. right? Nothing is left over. Oh, that's also kasher Hashem. Kasher tziva Hashem et Moshe, right? Also kasher tziva Hashem. Now we're at the Pasuk Lamin. ha and was a kiyor. Was, I know, like a kiyor was—I don't know—like a pool. That's what they call it in English. A pool, like uh, it was like a wading pool. You could put your feet into it, but you couldn't put yourself into it. That was something else. There was also in the Beit Hamikdash, of course, there was a mikveh, but that was not the mikveh. This was just for washing your hands and your feet. Again, the timing of all this is unclear, but we're talking about putting it together. He's got all the pieces, and he's putting it together. So he has a kiyor, he moves the kiyor to the right place, the place that it's supposed to be. What the passage means, that they washed, meaning, maybe it means, in the future. Right when the time came, it doesn't mean that they were doing it at that moment that Moshe Rabbeinu was putting it together. But that you can you can think about on your own. What do you think about that? Right, kind of boring. Also about the tiar, also about washing the hands and the feet, not about only the abodah of the Beit Hamikdash. Pasuk lamed gimel. Here it is. All this effort to get to pasuk lamed gimel. Pasuk give gimel is the last pasuk. I mean, the last pasuk in this series of sukkah. Vayakom the courtyard, which was part of the Beit Hamikdash where the people came. Chatser. savivla mishkan v'lamisbech. Vaychal Moshe et am lacha. Moshe et am But not kasher et Moshe. For some reason, the Torah is worn out, and is not interested in saying about the chatzair. Vayinted masach char chatzair, and the divider between the kodesh. And the Chatser was also put up, up by Moshe Rabbeinu, but for some reason, the Torah doesn't say Kasher Hashem et Moshe. Now this problem—problem—I mean, look: if you're sensitive, if you think the Torah writes in a serious way, if you think that repetition or lack of repetition is meaningful as I say to you always that if you're a student of Rashi and that's what Rashi teaches us I mean Rashi gets it all from Chazal but that's what Rashi teaches us he teaches us how to read the Chumash and that's how we're brought up right from the time we're little children we say how could it be that the Torah said this here and there and the other place but in the fourth place it left it out or, if this is a common kind of expression, how is it that the Torah decided to ignore it, to ignore us, to ignore the formulation? All of those things are problems that we have. And here the problem is, how is it possible that the Torah would insist on telling us about every single step of putting together the Mishkan when we have no doubt that Moshe did it, Ka'sher I mean, it's not even, a, not even a question that would occur to anybody. Would anybody say, how come the pastor doesn't say, Ka'sher Tziva Hashem Moshe? I don't think so. I don't think that that would ever be a question. It was obvious. But since the Torah said, Ka'sher Tziva Shevet Moshe, on every stage of the development of the Putting the, the, the Mishkan together, how is it possible that the last level is left out? How is it possible that the Torah didn't say, So I'm gonna, we're going to learn together, uh, Chazal. How Chazal, this is, a, this is a problem that comes from Chazal, it's not something that we invented. Uh, by the way, uh, Rashi doesn't mention it, that's why there's no Rashi on the sheet. But Rashi doesn't mention this particular problem, interestingly enough. If you could write a book, you know, somebody was clever enough to write a book about all the things that Rashi could have said but didn't say, it would probably be an interesting book. But I would not try to, I would personally not try to write that book. So here we have Bamihbar Rabbah Rabbah right, Rabbah the big collection of medrash. The big collection of medrash, which we call, we call it a medrash agadah. Which means that it's mostly based on the psukim and the Torah that are not halakh. That don't tell us what to do, or when to do, how to do, all that. But it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't refer to halachot. But that's what we call it. We call it the medrash agadah. To the Chumash, the Medrash Rabbah, the collection that we have called Medrash Rabbah, is on the Chumash and the Chamesh Megillot, right? Reshit Shmuel, and all the Megillot. That's what Rabbah, When you buy Medrash Rabba in the bookstore, that's what you get. That's what you get. So it says this: By the Hashem el Moshe b'libar Sinai. By the Hashem el Moshe. B'midbar Sinai, the first pasuk of the book of B'midbar. That Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu B'midbar Sinai. I guess there's no doubt about that. They were in B'midbar Sinai a long time. And this is after Matan Torah, and Moshe was learning the Torah, the O'el Mo'ed. Okay? And then the Medrash says the following interesting thing. Aqshaloh Ahmad O'el Mo'ed he the snake. So he says that this this verse that says by the be'ashev Moshev bar Sinai is not talking about the chronological Bidbar Sinai, like where are they are to after the Mishkan is built and they're <coughs> trying to move in the direction of Eretz Yisrael. Right? Remember by midbar so balotcha, shlach. By shlach is the is the of the. Of the Meraglim, so before the Meraglim, they were still on their way to Eretz Israel, right? The Bnei are on their way to Eretz Israel. So, so the words B'mikbas Sinai could mean perhaps from the time that Mishkan was built until whatever time that pasuk is talking about. Uh, that so God spoke to Moshe Avedu, but the Medrash says no. The Medrash says this: Achlo that, that Moshe Rabbeinu was first in communication with God in the stead. You remember that, Shmot Ferech Gimel. Right, God spoke to him, it was the first time that Moshe Rabbeinu was aware of God and heard God speaking to him. in the parash of V'yom Ha'ashem al-Moshevel Aroh Beretz Right? So again, God spoke to Moshe Rabbein. V'yadabere imo Right? And then uh, before that he spoke to him Right? When he went, he ran away and he went to Midyan and found his wife. So so God also spoke to him. V'yadabere imo Sinai, Sh'nemar And also in Sinai V'yadabere Ha'ashem Moshe. Right. So it's like, it's hard to know exactly what the midrash is getting at. But the midrash says, look, you know, I could have spoke, spoke to Moshe Abed in a lot of places. Spoke to Moshe Abed in the Snech, spoke to Moshe Abed in the Midyad, spoke to Spoke to Moshe Abed a lot of the time. But, what is the puzzle there for me by the Hashem on Moshe, B'midvar Sinai I mean, this is, uh, uh, what does it mean? Because God did speak to Moshe Rabbeinu in Midbar Sinai, but not only in Midbar Sinai. So what is the postage trying to emphasize? What is the postage trying to tell me? So the Chazal say, Chazal say this, "Kevan Kevansha ol Moe Amar yafehu Hatsni Now, tzniyut, We all know what Sniyut means, right? It means not in a public way, not in an obvious way. So obviously there's something hidden here in this Chazal which we will see. We'll see, but what it means is when Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to HaKodesh at the snare, well maybe nobody heard it, but it was out in the open, wasn't it? When Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to HaKodesh Bokul in Mitzrayim, it was out in the open. So what does the Pasuk mean according to according to the Midrash? The Pasuk means this. And from now on, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to speak to HaKodesh Bokul in Olmoed. And what is Olmoed defined as in the Medrash? Snihutu. Tsanua, because Moshe Abedin had to go into the Olamohe to speak to HaKodesh and Even though everybody knew that HaKodesh Bochah and Moshe Abedin were meeting, but no one heard what they were saying. There's an element of sneakers. Now this Medrash, again, there's a Medrash in Shir Hashirim Raba. Apirion Asalo. Apiryon is a word that means maybe an armon, a castle. Apiryon. I mean, whatever whatever it means. You can check the Rashi and Shir Hashirim. Listen to what the Medrash says. Rabbi Azariah Bishem, Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Simon, Patar Karaya b'Mishka. He explained this pasuk, which refers to a kind of an Armon, as referring really secretly. Right? If you learn the Rashi and Shir Hashirim, you'll see that Rashi thinks. That Shira Shirim really includes the history of the Yisrael until Shlomo HaMelech, until the author. Right, so it discusses the slavery in Egypt, then the exodus of Egypt, then the humanitarian Israel eventually, the Chayta Egel. It's all in Shira Shirim. So, Rabbi, Az, Rabbi Azariah b'shem, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Simon, Patar, Karaya b'mishkan. He said this pasuk refers to mishkan. Mishkan HaPiryon zemishka. Mishkan Amar Rabbi Yehudah L'Mela Shaitalo Bat Kitana He says What is it that we are being asked To understand By this reference to the Mishkan in the pasuk itchirah shir, right? The talking about, of course, the love of the man and the woman. But, but so we know it's a mashal. But just because we know it's a mashal, doesn't mean that we always know what the exact mashal is in any particular pasuk. So this, this uh, uh, Amora said, it's the mishkan. She so, said, so what did he mean? I mean, what what part of the mishkan is being referred to? So he says this. He says L- that the mashal is Chaitalo Shaitalo a king who had a young daughter as long as she was a little girl and did not exhibit signs of physical maturity Hayaro E'otabashuk he says he would meet her, she went to the shuk to do whatever she had to do and he would come along, the king I don't know what he was doing in the Shuk. But I guess it was like a low-level king of some sort. He'd meet his daughter in the Shuk. So he says, So he would speak to her in public, like he didn't mind that other people saw that he was talking to this girl, as long as she was a little girl. He said, In in an alley, or in a courtyard, like in a public place. Kevan dila since she grew up and she became physically mature it's not it's not honorable it's not a, an, an honorable thing to, for me to do to talk to my daughter now because people don't know they may not know that she's my daughter and she'll think that she goes around and talks to people, talks to men in a, in a non sanua uh, manner. He made a... Uh, a, 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 a papillion is a, is a screen. He made a scream that goes around and so you couldn't see her. You couldn't see the girl. the So he made this, he, he figured out this way, I don't know if they carried the screen around with them, or she always had a screen, but it doesn't matter. The idea, you understand, is very clear. The king, his daughter grows up, she's a mature young woman, He doesn't want people to see that she talks to men in the street. So they had this kind of fenced off area and if he met his his daughter I don't know how that happened exactly and wanted to talk to her but he didn't want anybody to know that that she was talking to him so they'd go behind the screen. So they'd go behind the screen. So what is that? Okay, so now we explain the words. Go back to the beginning. Apiryo is a mishkan. So what is it? So what's a mishkan? A Mishkan, according to the Medrash, is the place that a Korish Hu speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu in privacy. There's another idea that before when Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to a Korish Hu out in the open, whether it was in the Snail or Midian or Midrayim or even when, after they left Midrayim, that was kind of a youthful thing. That was an immature, that was an immature state of affairs. Like something. But when maturity set in for the Jewish people, and when everybody was the way they should be, so then it did not behoove HaKodesh Bochul, I mean, I I don't think I'm explaining it, I'm just explaining what the Medrash says, that it was not reasonable to expect that HaKodesh Bochul would speak to Moshe Rabbeinu just out in the open, right in the middle of everything. And And so, this Mishkan was set up. So what was the Mishkan? What was the Mishkan? What were we able to do in the Mishkan that we couldn't do any more outside of the the Mishkan? We could have private conversation. Specifically, Moshe Rabbeinu could speak privately to HaKadosh Baruch But it wasn't that Moshe Rabbeinu was running away. It was as though the stage had... It was the second stage. An earlier stage was all the B'nai Israel standing at Sinai and they were all talking to HaKadosh Baruch A later stage was that only Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to HaKadosh Baruch And not only that, only in private. It's only in private. And this is reference to a pasuk in Shir Hashiri. That's what, that's what the... Uh, that's the second medrash. And now we're up to the third medrash. The third medrash is a bit of an enterprise, but we will do it. We will do this medrash because it's a wonderful medrash. Okay? It, it, this medrash, it comes from the Tanakhuma, The Tanakhuma, right? The Tanahuma... The medrash Rabbah and the Tanakhuma, you know that Rashi knew them both by Opeh he knew these two Medrashim by heart and others as well but you know he quotes from these two Medrashim uh, he doesn't quote the entire Medrash but he picks out of the Medrash and that's really what Rashi is Rashi is the choice he chose I mean he didn't invent but he decided which Medrash we would be learning and that really you know, turned out to be a remarkable enterprise Sometime we'll talk about Rashi. Listen to this. This is a Tanchuma. The Tanchuma is another Medrash Agada, Right? There's Rabbah and there's Tanchuma. They're two different collections of Medrashim, but they're both considered to be Agadah. Right? The, the names of the midrash Halacha are Sifra Sifrei, Michilta Sifra Sifrei. Those are called midrash Halacha. Shemot, Vayikra, Vamid, Vod, Varmah. Vreshi, for obvious reasons, there is no Medrash, Halachat. If you don't know what the obvious reasons are, see me after the shi. Vayidabeh Hashem al-Moshe ve'al-haron b'Eretz Mitzrayim le'mo. Pasuk, a pasuk the beginning of Shmot V'chil lo haya ha-dibur, elah le-Moshe after all, we know that God only spoke to Moshe. So, why does the Pasuk say? Moshe and Aaron. That just as Moshe, so to Aaron. How do we know that God did not speak directly to Aaron? So in other words, even when it says that Aaron is included, the Medrash says we can assume that he just included as an addendum to Moshe Rabbeinu, but not that God actually spoke to him. And so, okay, so why didn't God speak to Aaron? I mean Aaron was also a great man. Answer, Because then, you would imagine that Moshe was on the level of Aaron. I mean, we couldn't imagine that Aaron was on the level of Moshe. So you would say that they were both equal somehow, and that would not be favorable for Moshe I mean you would th- You would certainly not think that they were both the same, but you would you try to diminish the kavod of Aharon, and this whole thing would be uh, uh, unnecessary. And this is another theme, that whenever they're together and doing something together, that in terms of that particular activity, they're both equal. Right, you see that uh, that eretz and shemaim are the same. Yehoshua ben Nun the Kolei ben Yifnei the Moraglim should have shavim. Umoshe the Aaron should have shavim. And those kind of psukim, eretz mitzrayim, put la'kra. That's when they were outside of the city in eretz mitzrayim. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I have to go out of the city to Daven. So there's a, there's another pasuk that says that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't dive into to Hashem in the city in the tribe. Because the city was full of Abba Razori, Rashi quotes this, this uh, madrash. and so he had to go out of the, out of the city. For Lama bin Tsech, So, now so it starts. So somehow we got to the point. We started out talking about motion, and Ira, where they're the same or they're different, sometimes they're different, sometimes they're the same. Right? Well, you know, they're, 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 this is like a little bit associative. And now, and now we get to this city. Moshe and Aaron had to go out to David. Why did they have to go out of the city to David? Because the city was an Avodah kind of city. So he says, so the major says, the major says this, Lama Nintzeit Shina in So the major says, so he has this, this crackerjack question. We said Moshe and Aaron had to go out of the city to David because the city was full of idolatry. So they wanted David there. So they went out to the countryside and then the Kedavah, Allah comes to the Medrash and asks the winning question, Lama nipsay chkinam in Mitzrayim? What is God doing in Mitzrayim? I mean, what do you mean he has to go out of the city? I mean, you should have to go out of the country to David. You should have to go there to Israel to and Get out of Mitzrayim. Now this is the part of the midrash that we are interested in. Very interested. In order that we should learn actually of Nifchara Eretz Yisrael, are you call Aratzot Ksherot leDibur? Mishig Nifchara Eretz Yisrael Nifzulu Kol Aratzot. In other words, original, like the 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 process that is discussed in the Book of Shemot, which is the redemption of Am Yisrael from the slavery in Mitzrayim and getting them going on their way to Eretz Yisrael also affected a serious change in the relationship of the people to HaKadosh Bofur, such that before Nifchara Eretz Yisrael, which sounds like it means before they actually got to Eretz Yisrael, before they conquered Eretz Yisrael, Nifchara Eretz Yisrael could say that was the time of Abu Rabinu. But here we say, no, that at the time of Moshe Rabinu, it was not yet the chosen place. Eretz Yisrael had not yet been chosen. Right? HaTshalom Nifchara Eretz Yisrael Dibur, You could actually speak to God anywhere in any country in the world but when Eretz Yisrael was chosen established conquered uh, uh, redeemed then B'nai Yisrael could speak to God only in Eretz Yisrael you remember the story of Yonah you remember the, what Chazal say about Yonah, what Chazal say about Yecheskel and All of that, all of that goes somehow fits into this idea. We should until Yerushalayim, meaning the Beit Hamikdash was built. Until that time, which is 400 years after. B'nai Yisrael came to Eretz Israel with Yahshua Nun. From Yahshua Nun until David HaMelech was about 400 years, a little bit more. she so he says, Ad, the, 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 the Medrash says, uh, What the Medrash say? <coughs> he said, the Medrash says, Until that time you could speak to God any place in Eretz Israel.'" We should nifcharay Yerushalayim nistalek hadibur me Eretz Yisrael, and you couldn't speak to God in Eretz Yisrael. You had to go to Yerushalayim. Actually, only ifchar Beit Haolamim until the Beit Hamikdash was built. I tell Yerushalayim ruiala shekhina. It was reasonable to imagine that the shekhina was in Yerushalayim someplace. We should nifchar Beit Haolamim. Once there was a Beit HaMikdash, Yatsheta Yerushalayim. Then Yerushalayim was no longer Yerushalayim. You couldn't talk anyplace. Dikhtiv, <laughs> Ki bachar HaShem v'tziyon, Apostles that we say every morning, Iva leMoshe Avlo, right? Iva leMoshe Avlo. From the time that HaKadosh Vochum Shows Tzion. Tzion is, I guess, Eretz Israel or Yerushalayim, right? It's whichever one fits for you. Even he desired, so to speak, Moshe Admor, his place, the place that a Baruch should be. po This is the pasuk dealing. so that that the uh, Yerushalayim had to give way to the Beit HaMikdash. And Eretz Yisrael had to give away, give way to Yerushalayim. So as the, it's like the, the, the uh, Mishnah and Midot, right, that there are levels of Kedushah. And those levels of Kedushah were instituted as the land was conquered, the land was built, the city was conquered, the Beit HaMikdash was built, and then you have everything into the Beit HaMikdash. Actually, look now, The Medrash continues with this idea of Dibur. Where could God speak? Where could we speak to to God? First, any place. Then, the Mishka. Similarly, in Eretz, Yisrael, any place. Then, only in Yerushalayim, but Yerushalayim, any place. And then, only the Beit HaMikdash. But, you had to be in the Beit HaMikdash proper. And it continues with this idea. Until Aaron became Kohen Gadol, at that time, every Jew could have been a Kohen. When Aaron was chosen, all the other Jews were uh, excluded vaitalo ulezaro acharav berit gurnat olav Ad nifchar David Until David became the king of, of Israel Ayukol Yisrael re'uyim l'malchut Anybody could have been the melech V'shinifchar David yats'u kol Yisrael After David, everybody else is out of the running Sh'neemar L'olachem live note uh, Live note by it, ki anachnu yachad Yachat, Nivneva Shem Elke Israel. The Lama never 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 why is never 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 הוקדש marashem These are special. These are special places. Golala Akbar So in, in, in other words. In other words, the the, uh, the measure seems to say seems to say that whereas you might have expected an increase in the numbers of connecting points between God and Am Yisrael, the history indicates that those connecting points become more and more intense but limited. Right? If you take Eretz Yisrael, first God could speak. You could speak to God any place, then only in Yushalayim, and then only, then only in the Beit Hamikdash. That thats the history. That's the way the the Medrash sees it. There's like Hitstab Tzimuk, like the previous Medrash said. When it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, first Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to God anywhere and in public, and then there was a limited place on it—only in the Mishkan, only in private, only where no one, only in a place that no one was able to access and no one could see at that time. So you have you have a kind of a history. This is like history, where the, the Medrish says the Medrish says, look, you might expect one thing, but exactly the opposite happened. The end of this Medrish is that there seem to be certain exceptions, as I said, you know, Yona and Yechezkel and Daniel, but they're really exceptions. It's true that in history there were isolated cases of Hashem speaking to prophets outside of Eretz Yisrael, but they are isolated and they are limited and they don't deny the basic principle. They don't deny the basic principle, which is that that there's there's an element of Tzni'ut, which is imposed in time on the relationship between Am Yisrael and Akkadosh Bokh, and that the availability, therefore, of these kinds of conversations or this kind of interaction, or this kind of, of meeting up with Akkadish Baruch Hu is limited. It's limited and, and, and as we go through history, we create places of tremendous intense uh, communication with Akkadish Baruch but those places limit everything else. That conversation doesn't go on any place else. So now, given this background, we've learned the Psukim and we've learned the Medrashim at least some of the Medrashim. Let's learn the Meshiloch. The Meshiloch, as you know, the Ishbitzer had his own ideas about things very often. And this is the Meshiloch in it his it is comments on the Chumash, right? You know, he wasn't really a commentator, but on every parsha, he had a few interesting things to say. So let's look at the Meshiloch. The Meshiloch says this. Oh, we're back to that problem. Remember that pasuk? That's the pasuk where Hashem did not say the Torah does not say "kasher tiva Hashem at Moshe," But the Torah didn't say that. Anyanu, he gets it. Anyanu, bekol mishkan. That all the things that Moshe Rabbeinu either put up when he built the Mishkan or put into their proper place when the Mishkan was set up, all of those places, Kasher Tziva Hashem et Moshe, in every one of those actions that Moshe Rabbeinu took, the Torah says Kasher tzivah Hashem et Moshe. hakamat lo but when it comes to putting up the hatser the Torah doesn't say those words. It doesn't say kasher tibba Hashem ad Moshe. Ki inyan kasher tibba bedomer, chayni shaya davar bolaytu b'forash Moshe b'sha'at hakamak kol chli al omdo, u kemoshe haya bishat, shish, bishat, shediber, eilat, Hashem, yitbarach. Kasher tziva, Hashem, et Moshe, according to the Meshelot, doesn't mean that Moshe did what he was charged to do. That's shita. That's an obvious thing. But that's Moshe Rabbeinu, after all, his connection to the directors of the Mishkan for prophecy. And prophecy means greater clarity. It's it's true that Moshe Rabbeinu could pass on to B'tzalel and all the Av the task of building a Kli, of putting things together, of, of making an arom, of making a, 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 a menorah, that he could pass on. But to make the mishkan, you needed the understanding that only Moshe Rabbeinu had. So, Moshe doesn't mean that Moshe did what God told him to do in a kind of a regular uh, way that we would say, if we were like working on a job, and we had a boss, and the boss told us to, to build a box. It's not like that. When it came to putting the mishka together, only Moshe Abenu could do it. Even though Bitzala and all the others could certainly have moved things around, they could have put the beams into the Adanim. But, but Moshe Abenu, to make a mishka, to make something that would be pleasing to HaKodesh Bochum, and thereby, Enable Hakadosh Baruch to place the Shekhinah therein. That Vishkan had to be built with the greatest understanding and and and, uh, and the knowledge that, that was available, and that was Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Moshe Rabbeinu could pass on certain things to the Tzale, but not everything, not everything. So this is what he says. He says, "Do you see the second line again? Ki Haynu Davar Leinei Moshe, but it means only to Moshe. Only Moshe knew this. When Moshe Rabbeinu had to put the Amudim into the Adanim, he had to know what he was doing. He wasn't just putting together the Lego pieces that you get when you go to a store and you buy a Mishkan for six-year-olds, right? It's not quite like that. It had to be done by Moshe Rabbeinu. As it was in the prophecy that Moshe Rabbeinu received from God. God, Moshe Rabbeinu did not receive, right, did not receive plans. It was like dropped out from heaven. A book, you know, Mishkan building for uh, desert travelers. It was not quite like that. It was about understanding, and that understanding could only be reintroduced into the Mishkan by Moshe Rabbeinu. tzav. again, you have this problem. Tzav at the Haron, or Tzav at Bnei Well, What is that? word, Tzav, command them. Now, because he's going to command them, who zerez dorot? That means that there's something special here. There's something that's going to be passed on to the generations. When Moshe Rabbeinu built the Mishkan, he was not only building the Mishkan, he was also building the Beit HaMikdash. And that's Kasher Tziva Moshe. It includes all of which HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be built in this world. V'zeh inyan And therefore the Torah, according to the Hu is very careful and it says after each Kli is put in its place by Moshe Rabbeinu Kasher Moshe That means, that means with a proper understanding And with a proper insight And understanding what the iron is, what the Menorah is, what the kior is, what the Mizbech Sahab is This understanding is what Moshe Rabbeinu invested Into the building of the Mishkan And that's why Bede Yisrael was able a later date to build the Beit HaVitash Because somehow that understanding Became clearer to them. Vinei ita, yes. The Bei Shiloh says, Ad hukam ha-mishkan, until the mishkan, as long as the mishkan had not been put up, haya kol hamidbar kasher ledivur. Does this remind you of something? This is until the mishkan was. We all know. And until the Mishkan was put up, God could speak to Moshe Rabbeinu any place. ha-Mishkan <speaking in> nifsal <Hebrew> ha Remember ben Sinai? That after the Mishkan was put up, HaKadosh Baruch who spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu in the Oel Moed. Al-Keym <speaking in> Hu <Hebrew> asher hukam בשלמות and so now he wants to answer our question but when the chatser was put up and the chatser was the last thing so you can't say kasher tiva. why not? why can't you say kasher tiva? כי Puhu shahdibur aya meforash uboleit kemo vishat shahya mitzubeh mipi Hashem yitbarach. Zeh lo haya yachol He says, ka'asher I told you, ka'asher tziva Hashem at Moshe means absolute clarity. Moshe Rabbeinu knew exactly what the Mishkan was supposed to be and how it should be built. He says, you couldn't say that about the Chatser. Shemikan Shata nifsal Hamidbar Midibur Lo Ayamarash Hadibur Ata. And since we know that once the Mishkan was put up the 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 midbar was Kasul Midibur A Klo Ne Mar Bachatse Kashertiva. So listen. What the, the, uh, the nation law says, and then we'll try to see what the implication might be. The, the Moshe, how did Moshe Abedin build the Mishkan? Well, first he built the Mishkan. After he built the Mishkan, he built the Chatzer. Right, the Chatzer is a courtyard. But even without the courtyard, you had a Mishkan. Right? Because you had the oil and you had the Kalin and everything was in place as it should be and he had the curtains and the walls and the, and, and, and the roof it was all there it was all there what does Kashiach Hashem Moshe means? that Moshe Rabbeinu in building the Mishkan was connected to HaKodesh Bofu at that time he was doing it exactly as HaKodesh Bofu wanted him to do it which means that he had to be receiving the Nevuah At that time, the clarity came to Moshe when he built the Mishkan. But then the Veshinah says, we know that that clarity was not available to Moshe Rabbeinu after the Mishkan was built. Because after the Mishkan was built, in order to duplicate that clarity, Moshe Rabbeinu had to go into the Omoed and there, in privacy, uh, 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 talk to uh, talk to Kurdish The Chatser was built after the Mishkan existed. And where was the Chatser? The Chatser was in the Midbar. And the Midbar is no longer a place where Moshe Rabbeinu can derive this kind of clarity so that the Beishilach says the Torah is written with great precision on this point. Ka'shev tzibah, Shevet Moshe means Moshe Rabbeinu understood and did what Akadi Kodeshwah wanted him to do. Why? Because he was getting that input on the spot. He was not disconnected. But once he built the Mishkan, not the Chatzer, but once he built the Mishkan, then Moshe Rabbeinu became disconnected. He wasn't able any longer to receive from Baruch Hu the profundities of the Mishkan and the Chatzer. So the Chatzer was built, Without Kasher Tzibah Hashemet Moshe, and the and the uh, uh, Mishkan was built under the aegis of Kasher Tzibah Shemet Moshe. That's what that's what the was. It's how he explains the issue that we started out with in our in our discussion. So you see that you know that uh, the world the world that we live in. Uh, Turns out to be some kind of admixture of the sacred and the profane. I'm not sure exactly what profane means, but let's say it means not sacred. I'm not exactly sure what sacred means, so let's say it means not profane. Right? So the world is a kind of an admixture of sacred and profane. But if you look at the Jews, the Jews in their history, like sort of, you know, they were in the shrine, all profane nothing sacred about the experience of, of Mitzvah Harsinah all sacred everybody everybody was tahor, everybody was pure everybody was standing and, and conversing so to speak with Akkadish Barba, they heard saw, heard knew that Akadosh Barba was with them, each individual right, that's the so there was the experience of the profane and there was experience of the of the Kodesh according to the Medrashim that we learn today according to the Medrashim that we learn today today Israel and, and the nation on their way to a new kind of experience where they have to find a way to resolve the sacred in their world and the less sacred right? the sacred and and obviously it can't all be the Beit HaMikdash you can't turn Eretz Yisrael into the Beit HaMikdash because you have to grow an onion an onion You you ever plant an onion? it's not part of the sacred right? you have to then dig the onion out of the ground not part of the sacred so in order to be able to plant an onion and to dig the onion out of the ground, you need the Beit HaMikdash. Because the Beit HaMikdash is not just something that you aspire to, but the Beit HaMikdash gives you the opportunity to do what you have to do outside of the Beit HaMikdash. So there's a great lesson that even Moshe Rabbeinu, who is closer to our Baruch Hu than any other human being, who was able to Perceive, to hear, and to understand what our Kaddish Baba wants from us. Even Moshe Rabbeinu went through this transformation from living in a world of, of the sacred to being able to somehow relate the sacred and the profane at the same time. And this caused a lot of difficulties because then Moshe Rabbeinu was open to attack. And if you remember, I mean, sooner or later. He's going to be attacked. in The story of Korah, the story of Balak. Moshe Rabbeinu was personally going to be attacked. Like, where did the people get this, this strength to attack Moshe Rabbeinu? I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is something we can't imagine If Moshe Rabbeinu would be here in Yushalayim, and I was ever to attack him today? I mean, who knows? But 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 you know, I, I mean, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. But if you listen to the Medrash, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu went through this process himself, which could be interpreted as diminishing power. Right, going from the snare to the mishkan, the sneh where, where HaKadosh Baruch was talking to Moshe Rabbeinu as though they were friends, and then the mishkan, the old way, Moshe Rabbeinu had to go in bitzniut, to find out the message from HaKadosh Bok and it was only by setting up these gvulot these kinds of distinctions between the sacred and the profane that it became possible for Am Yisrael to enter Eretz Yisrael and to build it in in modern Jewish history one might say that our problem is different that there is a lot of profane around and separating out a little bit of kedusha is not an easy it's not an easy job but i think we we should not lose heart we should not lose heart because we are our job is to somehow bring the profane under control while remembering that we have to also designate places for the sacred in the world in which we which we live So we don't always have to be unhappy about things that we have not yet achieved, but rather we should try to achieve them, have a good show.